swimmers, and welcome to Season 2 of Torpedo Swim Talk. We have some great interviews coming up this season with lots of master swimming journeys to hear all about. Don't forget to subscribe on the platform you listen on so you don't miss an episode. And now for Season 2. Today's guest is US master swimmer and my swim pro ambassador, Julie Kamat. Thank you, Mark. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Where are you based in the US? I'm in Portland, Oregon on the West Coast. Ah, okay. And um, have you were you born there or have you moved there since you were um, a youngster? So I'm originally from New York. Um, I also lived in Orlando, Florida, and just two and a half years ago, I moved to Portland um, for a new job opportunity. Oh, great. And are you enjoying, are you enjoying Oregon? Yeah, I mean, it's very different from the other places I've lived in, a whole new environment. So it's been really fun to explore the past couple of years and, um, you know, meet new people and experience new things. So it's been quite an adventure thus far. Oh, sounds lovely. And um, you, you obviously train there where you live. What, what pool do you base yourself out of with your training? Yes, so there are a few pools locally that I kind of hop around depending on the season and schedule and my work schedule, but I have one at my workplace and then two local public pools that I also train at. Um, but right now during COVID times, there's only one pool that I'm currently swimming at that's an outdoor pool that's open all year round. So I'm very grateful to have that right now. Yeah, that's fantastic. How how has COVID um, affected you in Oregon? Um, last year in 2020, uh, Oregon was, uh, the pools were shut down for six months. Um, I know a lot of swimmers uh, around the entire state were petitioning the governor to reopen pools, you know, after some U.S. Uh, states were opening and seeing results that, you know, everything was kind of working if there's a good strategic plan in place to keep everyone safe, safe and healthy. Um, so um, by early September, uh, pools opened up here. So I was out of the water for six months. Um, so I was at home doing dry land training and um, just trying to keep strong and doing some of the Shanti workouts through Beachbody just to keep some cardio up. And um, I did some other things like running, which I'm not a land athlete at all. <laughs> so I'm like, I can just, relate. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll just stick to this, you know, stuff inside my apartment. And then um, eventually, I just after a few months, I think by end of June, July, I just had to get in the water. And I'm not an open water swimmer at all. So I decided to give that a go and go in a local man-made lake and just get in the water, swim a mile. It was a very different experience from what I'm used to, but you know, it was water. It was something just to get, you know, my fix is swimming in. And um, by the time pools opened here in September, we had the wildfire outbreak um, all along the West coast. And, um, you know, not too far from here where, you know, where I am in Oregon. So, 
you know, I couldn't really go outside for a week or two because the air was extremely hazardous. So I was, you know, just after like a week in the pool and it was so glorious. I was back inside for two weeks, back to my dry land and cardio training. So it was you know, a rough uh, first like six, seven months until you know, after the wildfires kind of um, went away, I was back uh, training. But uh, I think the biggest thing was trying to keep uh, healthy, you know, and also uh, focusing on, you know, the, your well-being and mental health during this crazy time because it's new for all of us. So I think the most important thing was, you know, just taking care of yourself and mental health and just trying to do things that keep you happy, finding a good routine just to make sure that you're keeping active. Quite interesting few months, but, you know, I made it work and just try to keep strong during the time out of the water. Yes. Yeah. Look, it's, it sounds like a lot of people I've spoken to during this time had a very similar experience. And when that water pool experience is taken away, a lot of people look for those open water outlets. And I think a lot of people have discovered that. What, what got you into swimming? So when I was, I think, four, um, I just loved being in the water. And my parents um, put my, my sister and I in swim lessons. And since I just enjoyed the water so much, um, my parents signed me up for synchronized swimming, a local uh, kids team when I was eight years old. And I was on a synchronized swimming team till I was a teenager. And then I, when I was 12, I joined a local competitive swim team. Um, swam, I think both competitive swimming and synchronized swimming at the same time as a teenager. And yeah, I was just exhausted doing both. Plus, um, it would have been. Plus, I was a downhill ski racer in the winter months. So at one point when I was a teen- teenager, I was doing all three sports at the same time. And wow. by the time I got to high school, you know, I was like, I have to, you know, choose one of you know, swimming or synchro, I had to choose one of them. Um, thinking long-term, like college, career, what what's, what is that going to look like for me? And I felt like with competitive swimming, there's more opportunities um, in the U.S. college system you know, to get a scholarship for a Division I uh, swimming team. And at the time, there weren't too many um, colleges that had a synchronized swimming program. So I decided... Uh, in high school, continue with competitive swimming. And, um, you know, I started getting some shoulder issues when I was 16 that still last, you know, last and haunt me to this day. Um, And, you know, by the time I got to college, um, I went to a division three college, just because I knew division one would be too rough on my shoulder in the state that it was when I was 18. Um, and then within the two first, first months of college, my shoulder blew completely out and oh, no. I decided to take a break from swimming, focus on my academics. Cause you know, it was beginning of my freshman year and I don't regret that choice. Um, cause I think, uh, even so I, in total, I took a 12 year break from swimming and, um, focusing on academics and my career, um, you know, I just 
you know, I'm really happy I made that choice at the time and I'm very grateful to be where I am today. And I never lost my passion for the water um, and the sport. And when I was living in New York City, I uh, took back up synchronized swimming again, joined a local master's team in New York City, um, you know, competed nationally with my team, did some local gigs. Uh, my team, we were featured in a Mac Miller music video, uh, the former rapper. And you know, we just had a great time. And I you know, never lost the passion for synchronized swimming. And then when I moved to Orlando um, a few years ago, I decided, you know, after seeing the Rio Olympics in 2016, kind of, it's like, oh, you know, seeing um, some folks in their 30s compete and win medals. I'm just like, oh, you know, I never really finished what I started. I kind of feel like going back to competitive swimming. Um, so I thought with moving down to Florida, it was a good time to change things up. And um, for the past few years, I've been back in competitive swimming because I just, you know, it's that feeling that it just suddenly stopped for me when I was 18 that, you know, I just, you know, wanted to see what I could do, um, you know, after the 12 years off. And, you know, I just love being in the water. And sometimes when I'm not in the water for a long time, I'll have dreams about being in the pool, like synchro or swimming at a meet or competition. And it's like, it just, I love the water so much. I just, I hate leaving the pool. I just, even (laughs) just after a hard workout, I just love hanging out in the pool. It's the best feeling. Um, So that's kind of been like a snapshot of my entire swimming career. Um, And hopefully it'll continue for, you know, a while longer. Yeah. I mean, a lot of master swimmers have a similar story in the fact that, that for some reason they stop when they're in their late teens had a break and now they're back into master swimming and perhaps if you had have gone all the way through you wouldn't be swimming masters now so I, th- I think you know everything happens for a reason and obviously you needed to with your shoulders but you touched on the fact that um, that's an ongoing problem for you what what was the initial injury with your shoulder and, and what what's happening at the moment with it yeah um I mean, I do hear a lot of master swimmers, you know, a very similar story. They took a long break. They've got worn out. You know, they've had shoulder problems. Um, so unfortunate, it's, you know, it's such a common issue um, that I think back then I didn't realize it, just the wear and tear that I was doing to my body and not really focusing on technique. Um, so a lot of coaches, uh, you know, especially one of my old coaches was more like a go, go, go rather than sewing down focusing on technique and more drills, um, to make sure that you're preventing injury. Um, I never really had that kind of swimming education growing up, um, to have the proper technique. And I know back then the technique was different with like the S pull and stuff, things that, you know, kind of make you like cringe when you hear it. <laughs> um, so just, yeah, when I was 16, my left shoulder just was having a lot of pain in the back to the point where I just couldn't swim some days. Um, I was at the wall always holding my shoulder in my high school practices. 
And I jumped around different doctors, you know, told it was tendonitis and it was something else and never quite found a doctor that could really help me until um, I think when I was in college. And that's when I decided to opt in for surgery. Um, My shoulder socket was extremely loose. So they went in and tightened up um, my shoulder socket um, and patched some things up. Um, and since you know, I didn't swim after my first shoulder surgery, um, you know, my shoulder felt great afterwards. I didn't have any issues, but I also wasn't swimming. Um, and then getting back into the water a few years ago, again, since I was out of the pool for so long, I lost all my technique. I didn't, I couldn't remember all my swimming knowledge, And I didn't have a lot of swimming knowledge because I never really had too many coaches that focused on drills and proper technique. So I kind of went back in blindly and just going to practices and swimming on my own and just kind of doing whatever, doing my own thing. And, you know, again, my shoulder flared up. So the doctor, I decided to get surgery again, um, which... I mean, for me, like it was either go through physical therapy and maybe have a 50% chance of getting better or tackle the root issue now and, you know, just go through rehab and try to work on injury prevention with my technique afterwards. Um, So now... So was it the same shoulder that you had operated on? Yes, Yes. the same shoulder. Um, So now, you know, I'm still in physical therapy after a flare-up um, in the fall, once I got back in the water for not being in the water for that six months during, you know, the COVID and lockdowns. Um, yes. And, you know, it has its good days and its bad days, but um, doing much better now. Um, definitely getting great help. I have great resources out here in Portland um, who have been extremely helpful and working with my coach now on injury prevention and just now, since there aren't really too many meets, it's the perfect time to work on technique. So that's what we're doing, making sure that I have the proper technique for injury prevention. Yes. Do you do any um, kind of prehab before you get in the water each time for your shoulder, yes. you like use therabands and mm-hmm. um, all that kind of shoulder stab- stabilization exercises, obviously. Yes, um, I have a little bit of a you know stretching and workout routine each time before I get in the water, um, just to make sure my shoulders are warmed up. Um, you know they're ready to go, so it's not a big shock. Um, everything is kind of loose and already kind of working before I hop in the pool but there are days now where um, since I am you know in the full-time corporate world that if I have back-to-back meetings all day um, if I go right to the pool from a meeting I might not have time to do my full workout routine and you know I might feel it um, but it doesn't really cause me issues but it's a once a in a great while thing, but I always make sure to stick to my routine just because like, I, I can't have anything bad happen. Um, yeah. you know, like one small tweak can really, uh, do a lot and throw you off for you know, a week or more. So, um, it's very, very crucial. 
I think. And also not just a pre warm up, but also your actual warm up in the pool. You know, I warm, especially at a meet or practice, warm up is so crucial to make sure that my body is truly warmed up and comfortable before I do any sprinting, anything really intense. Um, yeah, it's like, I'm not a teenager anymore. I can't just sprint through the warm up. Like I actually slow down, take my time. I switch up my strokes. Um, since I swim mostly free, you know, I add in backstroke or breaststroke, um, just to change things up and really get all the muscles moving before I start anything intense. Yeah. Well, what's a typical warm up for you that you would do? How long, how far would you, you go in a warm up? Yeah, I typically um, warm up for like 10 to 12 minutes. Um, I always start with at least a three to 400 mixed um, back breast free um, with two sets of like 425s, just kind of slow down freestyle, like really fo- focus in on technique. Um, and then I'll start, you know, adding in some builds just to get a little bit more warmed up uh, before I jump into anything more intense. And then I'll do some underwaters. Um, my underwaters, I like to add into my uh, warm ups. Um, that's where, you know, it just sometimes I forget to do underwaters. And it's so important, especially in a race, you know, it's your pit stroke. I just build it into my warm up so I never forget. Um, and then, you know, right after warm up, I go into drills typically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, drills are drills are the sort of the lifeblood before you can start sprinting and training or revving up towards your main set. Mm. Yeah, and how? Um, oh, sorry, you go. <laughs> oh no, I was gonna say, um, yeah, the drills, like especially now, focusing on technique. I think drills, like it's a good reminder for your muscle memory before you go into your stroke of what the technique should be and kind of gets your brain working and feeling kind of the right pinpoints of your body telling like you're telling your brain, this is what my body needs to do before you start the intense workout. So um, because like once your technique starts to go, you're swimming intense, you know, very intensely, like again, you know, focusing on injury prevention. And that's something now with my coach, like, for early vertical forearm catch. Um, if it's something where I start doing some more intense sense, nothing too crazy, um, work on drills, focusing on like either skulls, um, really engaging the lats with the early vertical forearm or um, just swimming, but very slow, making sure I pop up the elbow early. Um you know, just so it's a reminder for my brain and my body as I go into, you know, more sets to say like, this is the right form, you know, keep doing this. So it kind of follows you throughout the practice. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, um, do you train with other swimmers in a squad or is it just you and your coach? Um, it's just me. Uh, my current coach is in Canada. Um, so we, do everything remotely um, over video um, and email. But um, 
in Florida, I was part of a couple of different teams and I joined a competitive swim team um, at a local YMCA right before I moved out to Oregon. So, you know, it was kind of a bummer. I couldn't really, you know, train with them. There were some fantastic swimmers there and it was a bummer that I couldn't get to know them better and uh, go to more meets with them, be in relays. Um, and moving out here it, from East Coast to West Coast of U.S., um, you know, the lifestyles are very different. Um, yeah. The West Coast, I've always heard rumors, people are more laid back. And it's definitely true. And just the lifestyle out here, I noticed um, anything with masters is at 5 a.m., which, you know, is typical early in the morning. Um, but in Florida, yeah, I joined teams where there's an evening masters practice. And I couldn't really find anything close to where I am that's in the evening for adults. It's mostly just the kids' teams in the evenings. Um, right. And for me, yeah, like, number one, is, of course, swimming is important, but my career does come first. You know, it enables me to swim. Um, so for me, you know, I've been to 5 a.m. practices, and, you know, I, it's great. It's a great way to start your day and have the rest of the day to do whatever. But um, sometimes like it would take so much out of me, I would be exhausted by the time I start the work day. And <laughs> yes. since I'm in HR technology, sometimes like, you know, things are so detailed, like I'm working with system issues and bugs and um, very small details that I need to be very mentally focused and just 5 a.m. practices just didn't really work for me personally. Um, so when I moved out here, you know, I just started swimming on my own and, um, you know, I've worked with a few different coaches remotely and I don't know if I can go back to a swim team, to be honest, because, um, I love, the one-on-one attention um, with you know, hiring a coach to work remotely and um, doing video analysis and you know giving drills to focus on and then reviewing those and creating workouts. Um, you know, it's been a fantastic process for me, and I've really grown a lot with my technique, even just the past two months working with my new coach. Um, that yeah, it's like. I feel like it's such great, like personal attention to your stroke that I don't know if I could find a team and a coach that could give me that same amount of attention now. Um, so it's like, even though, you know, it's fun to swim with other people, you know, I swim alone and, you know, I, I can motivate myself and, you know, I don't, um, have any issues with that, but, um, I just love that one-on-one attention because I've seen such great progression for myself that, um, you know, I think it's a plan that I'm going to stick to for the near future. Yeah, look, that's really interesting. I mean, I I, I myself need that kind of I, – I need to know that I've got someone that I'm going to go and meet at the pool to swim, whether it's just one other person or more. Mm. But I'm really interested to hear your perspective and that you're able to motivate yourself to do that by yourself. I feel like I, I pull back a bit when I do that. So mm. it's good to hear that you, you're able to do that. Well done. Yeah, well, thank <laughs> you. Terrific. Yeah. How, I, how many – oh, sorry, I was going to say, how many sessions do you get 
you get in a week. Obviously, you have to fit it around your work um, mm-hmm. balance. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, on average, like four to six. Um, I think once pools reopened out here last year, I was so excited to get back in the water. Like I tried, like I just had to go every day. It was six, seven days in the week, um, which, you know, is a lot starting out. Um, Yeah. I had to pace myself. Um, And it's like to this day, even months having pool access, like I'm still excited to know that I can have pool access and I have to like, kind of step back and remind myself my old schedule where I would kind of alternate gym and swim days, maybe have a double on the weekend. Um, So I think swimming six, seven days a week for me a few months ago was a little bit too much um, because my main goal now, especially being my thirties is keeping my shoulder healthy. Um, So recently I started, you know, kind of, alternating swim one day, do dry land the next, kind of going back to my old routine. Um, I'm not quite back in the gym yet. Um, I did go a couple times, but um, I'm still you know, not quite comfortable going in the gym just yet until I'm fully vaccinated. So um, once I am fully vaccinated, I'll kind of go back to that old routine of like alternating swim and gym days. So I'm in the water like four to five days a week on average. Yeah. And training by yourself, um, do you still have to be a member of a master's club over there to be able to compete in US master's competitions? Um, I think every state out here is a little bit different. Um, So I think for Oregon, the state, um, I think the entire state is one club. Um, From what was explained to me was, I guess, uh, some teams all across Oregon like to get together at particular meets and compete together in a relay. So I think, you know, the state uh, agreed upon being kind of one big club team at competitions. Um, But there are different like, you know, but you still have your own team. It's kind of like a sub team, like a workout group. Um, but okay. the team is Oregon when we go to master meets, but you have your workout group, which is your team. Um, in Florida, your team was your team. <laughs> so there wasn't yes. one Florida team. So I think it's it's different state to state. So Oregon is very different from when I was in Florida. Um, so for relays, uh, I got to know one coach from uh, Southern Oregon and he kind of adopted me to be a remote swimmer for his team. Um, I know there's another remote swimmer in Washington state, uh, not too far from Portland um, that they've also adopted onto their team. So at these meets, um, the team can compete together uh, in a relay. So it was very nice of them. And I just kind of joined that workout group right before COVID starts. So unfortunately, I never got to you know, compete with them in a relay before as a team. Um, but I kind of like the structure that Oregon has. So um, at some meets, the entire state is one team. You're not on separate teams. Um, I do compete in USA Swimming, the age group. Um, some of their meets and 
no, I'm just unattached there. I'm not part of any team, but it'll still list me as, you know, Oregon. Um, Oregon, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's a really different way of doing things, isn't it? Because mm. in Australia, we have to be in or registered to a master's club. And obviously, then we go with that club to our meets and we swim relays for them. But we do have a uh, an option called um, a second claim option. I don't know whether you have that in the US where if you go to a bigger meet like nationals or even to worlds, you might swim on a relay as from a second claim member to another team, but you can only list one other team as that um, option. Oh, wow. That's neat. Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard of that. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I suppose it's a similar kind of thing but a different, mm. yeah, just a different way of doing it. Yeah, and no, and what that. um, what's your sort of – What's your go-to set that you would do in training, Your like your favourite, absolute favourite set? Oh, um, I feel like so pre-COVID when I was kind of training on my own, since I'm a sprinter, I kind of put myself in mindset that I need to train how I race. Um, because sometimes when I'm racing, once I'm off the block and I hit the water, like my body just feels different. It's a different feeling that I don't feel in practice. So, you know, I just thought to myself, I'm going to train exactly how I race. So I would just do, um, a lot of like really hard sprint sets, you know, race pace, um, with a lot of rest at the wall, like a minute rest, um, up to two minutes, but just getting that same feeling at practice I do in a race. So I'm not like my body feels different as soon as I jump in the water. Cause I want to avoid that feeling. I want to like my body just to do its thing and take over and not feel different. Um, but that was kind of pre COVID. Um, so now working with my coach, since we're all just really focusing on technique and drills that I'm not really working on speed um, yet until I get comfortable with kind of changing up my entire technique for free, Um, relearning things even down to the kick. I'm relearning like it's these tiny, tiny tidbits of swimming that I never knew my entire life that I'm just like, mind is blown. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it's like now my workouts are really all drills. And I kind of like that because I think most of my swimming career, it's always all out intense. And now I can finally take a step back have a breathing room and really correct my body positioning um throughout my entire freestyle stroke and it's kind of refreshing um so right now like my favorite thing is working on these drills and correcting um you know these problematic areas or things I was doing wrong in my entire life and had no idea because I was never taught proper technique um so I'm really enjoying like a lot of these drills like um for rotation instead of your hips rotating all the way so it's like um you know one of your hips is pointing to the bottom of the pool it's really 
rotating from your obliques and kind of keeping your hips more kind of level with the surface. So you're not rotating your entire body. So it's like these small things like I just love working on these drills now. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to it and it, yeah, I get a lot of enjoyment out of now. And I am looking forward to adding some, you know, speed soon to my workout. So things might change of, you know, what I'd like to do in practice. So I'm really excited for what's to come for me in the future with practices, but otherwise it's mimicking the race um, you know, trying to get that same feeling and then you're really pinpointing on technique with drills the entire time. Yeah. Like you, you just mentioned that your coach was changing something with your kick, for instance. Mm-hmm. W- what has he um, pinpointed that you're doing, you're doing not wrong, but what, what can you improve on with your kick? What What's he given you to do for that? Yeah. So she's, told me oh, that she, um, sorry oh, no worries um <laughs> yeah so she's pointed out a lot of things like a kick has always been my strong point and it was a big surprise to learn from her that I'm overusing my thigh muscles underusing my hamstrings um when I'm just you know kicking superman position um my hips are kind of rotating they're very bouncy they're not stable and that bounce can hinder your rotation and kind of like you know screw up your stroke because your hips are rotating one way but you're kind of rotating you know the other way like it could really impact the entire stroke um and then uh of course the angle of the kick so my knees um I think were driving the kick so not for my hip flexor but my knee um and then making sure that my toes you know even though they're relaxed my feet are pointed inwards so it helps push the water backward instead of down it's like all these little things it just she blew my mind I'm like I had no idea (laughs) and I feel like now because you know the kick is something like you, you learn when you first start to swim. And by the time you're a competitive swimmer, you just do kick sets. And you don't work on the actual technique of the kick. But, you know, you just go. It's either, you know, sprint with the board perpendicular to water so you have the resistance. And then you, like, do the slow kick to rest. And that's really it in your practice. And now breaking it down and correcting every little piece of the movement from the hips to the feet it's it's difficult it's a challenge and it's so strange to me I feel like this little kid in swim lessons and I'm like what am I doing like this is tough (laughs) um so yeah it's just um it's something that I'm still working on as of you know this afternoon I was in the pool trying to work on my kick and yeah it's it was just very weird but all these little things I had no idea my entire life and um you know I'm really glad I um you know found this coach and um yeah. you know it's good also to network around and get different viewpoints from other coaches as well um it's been extremely valuable 
Yeah, she sounds like she's really helping you with it all. Are you are you targeting the 50 freestyle or do you push out to the 100 free and so on? Um, I am mostly targeting the 50 free. My initial goal a few years ago was to qualify for the U.S. Olympic trials in the 50 free. Um, that's definitely not happening this year, unfortunately, but um, maybe 2024. Um, I still have a lot of work to do, um, but, uh, you know, it's the, a goal. So hopefully you can get That's there. That's a great goal. That's a great goal. Yeah. What, what's, your, what's your current 50 freestyle PB, master's PB? Um, for long course meters, um, I forgot the last time I swam. It was probably over a year ago, but um, not as fast as should be. It's, I think, a low 27 um yeah low yeah um I know I forgot it's been so long I almost forgot my own time oh my goodness um but yeah (laughs) nowhere near the trials time and um my focus I do just want to focus on 53 but I will add in the 100 at some meets just for the experience and see where I am um because sometimes at a meet you have I travel far. I don't only want to do the one event that's under 30 seconds. You know, I just want to get a little more out of it and, you know, get the practice in as well. So, you know, sometimes I will get that, do the hundred free, you know, just for kicks to, you know, see how I do. And of course, more opportunity to practice and, you know, kind of evaluate, you know, where some pain points are to continue working on in practice. Yes. And I know you've competed at the Pan Ams. What what are they all about? Is that an open meet in America or is that a it's not a master's meet, is it? Um, so Pan Ams, so it's North and South America. Um, and there is a general Pan Ams, but there are Pan Am competition for masters. Right. And it's every two years. Um in 2018, it was in Orlando, and I lived right down the road, so it was extremely oh. convenient. Um, I know the current Pan Ams got uh, delayed. They're in Columbia. They were supposed to be last year. I think it got pushed to either this year or next year, um, but it kind of travels around North and South America every two years at different locations. Right. Okay. And what... Um after we get out of this whole COVID disaster that we're in and we can all get vaccinated and get travelling again, what sort of events are you targeting in the over the next year or so with your swimming? Um, so my original plan last year was to <laughs> focus on more of the US, US, USA swimming age group meets and less masters. Okay. Um, but this year... I don't really have any big plans. I was tempted to go to sectionals in Phoenix, Arizona, um, under USA Swimming, but, you know, just didn't feel quite safe yet traveling. Um, So I'm not quite sure what's on the schedule for the remainder of the year, but I might stick to some more local um, master meets or USA Swimming meets, probably not do too much traveling but next year, I would love to aim for um, the FINA Masters in Japan because um, I wanted to go to 
the previous Vena Masters um, in South Korea. But, um, you know, since I just started a new job, I didn't have quite all the vacation time to do that overseas traveling. So um, hopefully, you know, next year I can make some plans to block out some international travel and um, go, you know, to that meet and explore. So that's one I'm very excited for. And, you know, there's plenty of time to prepare. So, um, yes. yeah, I think I'm in a good spot now, you know, with that so far ahead to you know, train for that. Yes. I mean, we can only hope that it all does open up again and we can get to the FINA Worlds next year. That's mm. yeah, a bit of a goal of mine as well. But I suppose we just have to see how, what happens with um, – with travel and and I suppose whether they can even stage the Olympics this year and how that's all going to go. Yeah, it is a very interesting time. I know the International Sim League, it looks like, you know, their recent competitions a few months ago, it seems like everything ran well. So I'm really hoping, you know, the Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, everything can be very strategic and keep everyone safe. Um, yes. And then also, I saw, I think... I did see Pan Am Masters get pushed um, to 2022 recently, if I can recall correctly. But um, I would love to go to another Pan Am Masters just because I had such a great experience um, at the Orlando meet. Um, the energy was just amazing with all the different teams um, from the different countries and you know, it was, it was a fun group and I was sad when I was done with my events. Um, it was six months after my most recent shoulder surgery and I could really only swim, um, a couple races. I wasn't quite ready for the fly race yet. Um, but after my events were done, I was really kind of sad it was over for me. I just wanted to, you know, stick around and hang out and just be in that environment. It was just so thrilling. Yeah, it is. It is great getting back to competition and, and having that kind of environment around pool deck, isn't it? It's like a palpable sort of atmosphere that you can't quite put your finger on, but it's so nice to be part of it. Yeah, exactly. And once you get to know people, have friends in the community that, you know, it's fun just hanging out and chatting with everyone. And sometimes, like, I'd rather just hang out and chat with everyone than <laughs> you know, do my races at times. Like, it's, yeah, everyone's just truly amazing. Yes. Well, Julie, thank you so much for talking to us today. It's been lovely hearing about your swimming journey and where you're going um, and all your rehab from your injuries. And I think that will give all of our listeners lots of inspiration with their own training. So best of luck and um, I hope to to sort of meet you at a, a swimming tournament sometime in the future. Yeah, hopefully Vina next year. That would be amazing. But I appreciate um, you chatting with me, Danielle. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Best wishes. Yes, take care. Take care, Bob.